2: Another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Derek, Ken and myself, Mike. We're being joined by two members of the Smugglers Alliance or um, well, a member of the Smugglers Alliance and that would be Steven uh, from Rocco Depot and our part time co-host and on the floor, full time, other full time uh, media guy with the jersey that rocks it all <laughs> John Tyler <laughs> Christopher. How's everyone doing? What's yeah. happening guys? Let's go look. There's only one thing to be said. Only thing that can be better than hearing Star Wars main title on bagpipes is that joy of being at a celebration this year. <laughs> but um, John and Steven was, were there. Um, John, you were a guest of the show, the celebration. Um, Steven, you were there covering everything for Rocco Depot and and for us as well on the audio side of things. So, John, we'll start off with you. Um, tell us about your, your time at
3: Celebration. Man, you know... Uh... The last Celebration I attended uh, was my first one um, two years ago. And it was like one of the most amazing professional experiences and fan experiences of my life. So I kind of was coming into this one, trying to like temper my expectations. And I got to be honest, I just think Celebration might be one of the best stinking shows around. I had as much fun this year as I did last year. Um, it's such a wonderful community, not just, you know, the people that put on the show with Lucasfilm and Disney and, with Marvel, but the fans, um, the interactions with the, with everyone else was just top notch, and I've, I've got nothing bad to say about the show. It was, well, I got one bad thing to say, but that was an act of God on Sunday, so outside of that, um, everything was lovely. Now, I, I want
2: to ask Steven real quick, how many celebrations have you been to? Uh, this is my fourth one. Wow! Okay, see, I'm not that far behind you. Uh, I've been to all three of the ones here in Orlando, so I've got three under my belt. So to, to share John's sophomore experience. Yeah, there's... Uh, I was telling the uh, Derek and Ken last week if they said, period, you can only do one convention time after time again and nothing else, Celebration would be it for me. No matter how many great shows are around me here, there's nothing like that vibe when you leave a Celebration than if you do any other convention. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's it's like you've left a family reunion and you don't get that. I mean, you don't get that let down after another convention.
3: Yeah, I've had a, I've had a hard time like Acclimating back into my work schedule. Um, I'm glad I left a day early um, just because I think what makes Celebration such a unique experience and I I can't speak towards, like, for example, professionally attending like a Star Trek convention or comic conventions way back in the day. But again, like the sense of community is unique to this show. Like there's not the what are you here to see? Well, there's, you know, the people that are fans of Star Wars, Marvel, DC, video games, actors, actors, movies like everyone there loves Star Wars and it is such a, a wonderful experience because everyone there I think has that common interest that it makes everyone super friendly and they're just so open to like talk and just shoot the breeze with everyone you walk by it's, it's just so nice
2: I think I read it best online this celebration shut the vocal minority up and basically <laughs> put them in a cardboard box in the corner in the trash compact or whatever essentially the vocal minority after this show, just practically doesn't exist.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but I hope so. But I'm sure they'll rear their ugly
1: heads again. That's because they weren't at the show. They never actually left their mom's
3: basements. (laughs) 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 No, look, I mean, we've talked about it before. I I, I respect, even the people I might disagree with, I respect their opinions, and if they're not a fan of the direction Star Wars is heading in, like, that's cool. But everyone I interacted with at the show was nothing but positive, and I I think that helped create a very positive and happy vibe. Like I said, it was just the show itself with all the attendees, the, you know, the other guests that I had a chance to spend some time with, um, were just very positive about everything. And I think that's just it, it makes for a happy con, right? When everyone's happy, everyone's having a good time. And it just was it was wonderful.
4: Yeah, I think anyone who would head to a celebration to find something to hate on with Star Wars is doing it wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
4: And, and I will say,
2: it's not a Star Wars celebration without your your Trekkies making an appearance. And I saw that there was a small <laughs> small group of Trekkie red shirts, and, you know, that's awesome. I, I, yeah, I, have no I problem saw them, with that. too. I have no problem yeah. with that. Uh, I mean, we had them all three shows here at Celebration. Um, it's when they're doing it in all fun as well, I, I accept it. I mean, the first year I saw um, Trek fans or Trekkies at the show, uh, this one guy was getting all cocky about it. And 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 just total blatant disrespect. It's like, dude, you know, everyone's going up to him going, dude, either just have fun with this and enjoy your protest peacefully, but if you want to make it personal, leave, because you're going to get lynched. No one's (laughs) going to care.
3: Um, Yeah, our fandom has war in the title. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going on some trek, bro. Um, No, but I mean, even, you know, you talk about like some quote unquote divisiveness or whatever. I mean, I I spoke with several people that were just very open about like, "Eh, you know, I'm not really a big fan of the new stuff, but but, you know the, the prequels or the especially the original trilogy hold a special place in my heart and, I, and that's what I'm here to celebrate and I think that's the right kind of attitude with anything especially coming to a show is you, you know what like if you enjoy it awesome enjoy it I'm here to talk to the meet people from the old stuff I'm here to shop for old stuff I'm here to get new stuff for the old stuff and uh, just again really like great attitudes all around man so like for anyone I know I know the tickets go pretty quickly but I, I can't recommend going to the show and enough on any level. I I wish I was able to do Anaheim
2: next year. Uh, Probably not going to happen, but definitely get your tickets fast. Yeah,
1: I was surprised that Anaheim is coming up next year. Usually they go like every other year or so, don't they?
2: Yeah, usually. See, I I think this is where they're either listening to us or, or reading my posts on Facebook or Twitter. I've been saying for a while, celebration, even number years, D23, odd number years, and then every other year, even or odd, you do one overseas so like say 2022 you do a celebration and then a D23 in the fall overseas the next year D23 and then maybe a, a celebration in the spring overseas but you, you split it up the only thing that they didn't catch on to was I said Orlando even years <laughs> Anaheim odd years since Anaheim's been the home for D- D23 well
3: I think also you know, I'm, I'm going to assume that Galaxy's Edge probably is playing a large role in the location slash even the year, you know.
2: Well, this next year, both Galaxy's Edge's will be open because we opened in August. August,
0: So,
3: And that's my point, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure that that's going to be a big selling point of having it next year as well.
0: Definitely, yeah. Yeah.
2: So Uh, um, I want to hear about, first, the panel you were on, the Marvel panel. (laughs) (laughs) Because I will say, each one of the shows that I've been to, I always hit the comics panel. And of course, which was C5, the C6, it was Dark Horse, and then um, in 2017 it was the Marvel panel, um, which was a blast. And I will say the Marvel panel in 2017 was better than either one of the two Dark Horse panels. Um, yeah. Nothing against Dark Horse. It's just, I think, I think it was a better vibe coming from, from the tables with okay. the Marvel panel.
3: Sweet! Um, no, I had I had an absolute wonderful time on the panel. Uh, Christina Blanche uh, handled the uh, hosting duties of it, and she she is just the absolute best. She's wonderful. Um, she, I think she really understands how to read the crowd and play to it. Um, celebration panels are so weird though because, you know, I do panels all the time and for comic book panels especially, like, you, you get a good turnout, like, but Celebration is it's surreal how big those panels are. I mean, they pack yep. the room, like, standing room only kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, this year, obviously, there was a lot of exciting stuff to announce um, with Greg pack taking over on the books. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Greg pack is going to start. He's he and Phil Dodo are going to be doing the next run of Star Wars books. Oh, uh-huh. that's awesome. Yeah. So, so
2: Greg's taking over for carrion.
3: That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. News. No, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Ethan Sachs was there and he had some really exciting new projects that he's going to be working on. Um, just there's a lot of very interesting things going on, uh, not only with the the solo series, like when I say solo, I mean like you know they just released the Tarkin book, right. um, but we've got the Age of uh, Resistance coming out soon. It's going to be really awesome. And we're um, we're part way through the Age of Rebellion. Uh, Age of
2: Republic just wrapped.
3: Yes, and that's so. Greg is writing the Age of Rebellion, and then he like said, then he's going to be taking over the main series, and he's got some really amazing ideas for where to take it. Um, it's going to be really exciting. So and, and, um, and Phil doing art. Wow, <laughs> Phil doing the art. I I mean what more do you need from that?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean yeah. That, that the main title, the, the Star Wars title has not hurt from the get-go. No. And, and it's it's been great.
3: Yeah. No, and I like so I think Greg, I mean his track record speaks for itself, so I don't need to really cheerlead for the man, but uh I mean I think if you just even what he told me though, got me even more excited than what, you know, his record wouldn't indicate. So I, I, he, he's, he's knows what he's doing. So, uh, yeah. So that, I mean, it was, but it was, it was lovely, man. And like I said, the reactions from the crowd, like the people that are in there are into the books. Um, it ended up after, unfortunately he was only there for one day, but Charles soul was, came to the show. Uh, I got a chance to sign with him for a while. Um, always great to see him. Uh, I think, that, I think it was the last celebration that he was, he and I were nerding out about his upcoming It's Time Vader book yep. which is yep. now obviously complete um, it was just an epic run so you know man they, they just they keep knocking him out of the park man I'm just honored to be along for the ride
2: I see and these are all guys who love to get on this show and over on Mighty Marvel Geeks as well I can
3: I can talk to some people if you want now that I I've never met Greg I've been working with Ethan for a while but I never had a chance to meet him he's just the nicest guy and he's uh, he's doing a lot of stuff I believe they announced the, uh, the Galaxy's Edge book that he's working on which comes um, out next week Awesome.
2: Yeah. Yep. And uh Ethan, we've had on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Just gotta get him here.
3: Okay. Yeah, well now he's
2: now he's excited, yeah. um,
3: he's a Star Wars fan as well. So uh got a really fun perspective on stuff. But yeah. So outside of your signings,
2: what other opportunities did you take advantage of <laughs> when you were there? That you could uh, talk I didn't about
3: have a to <laughs> much of well, yeah. Um honestly during the show hours I didn't stop signing from open to close. Uh, Almost every day I've It's another weird thing I mean you know Usually you go to shows And it's like You sign for a while And then you get A nice little break And then you sign for a while um, I literally had a line from open to close. So with the exception of um, wanting to go over and just say hello to some of my, uh, and meet some people from Hasbro. Uh, I was pretty much behind the booth the entire time. Um, obviously, you know, took took a little like five minute break to watch some of the trailers that were getting announced. Um, so I could it was, it was purely for uh, professional reasons, not because I wanted to see them or anything, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was cool because it was interesting to, you know, watch the trailers, but then get like people's like gut reactions because I think so many things are kind of filtered out as the, the thing as the day goes by but I mean to literally talk to people right as the trailer is getting played and you know like was that Emperor Palpatine and then you know, now it seems like it's it, now it's just universally understood as Palpatine but at the time that was like a big point of discussion early on was um, Friday so uh, that was fun you know and you know one of my one of my favorite lines man was when I saw that was just like I'm I don't even know what to think of the movie but if I get a versus a TIE fighter. I'm I'm good. Like, that's all I need to see. <laughs> that scene just was amazing.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm.
3: But, uh, yeah, no, um, you know, the, the, all the trailers I saw were super exciting. There was a lot of buzz um, for Fallen Order. Yes. And all the information that came out from that. Oh, yeah. I can't waste uh, that. Yeah. And, you know, it really seems like that was, um, especially amongst you could always tell who the, the video game fans were, because, you know, like, they would always be like, oh, did you hear the Fallen Order? There's like, there's no microtransactions and there's no like you know loot boxes and it's single player and I was like oh man this is all we've been wanting from a Star Wars game so oh, yeah um, yeah so that not, was awesome
2: I'm not a big video gamer and I'm excited for this but I, I love playing the Star Wars games in general I mean I'm, yeah. I'm playing I'm playing the campaign on Battlefront and I'm still stuck in one section and it's,
3: and it's <laughs> I'm still within the first
2: stage I'm like all right <laughs> we're gonna figure this out but
3: um yeah no I mean I mean. I, I can't really think of anything that like anyone seemed like super salty about. I had some discussions, you know, again, just because it was so early, like we were trying to trying to like piece together. What does, you know, rise of the Skywalker mean? And, Mm. um, what directions that might be heading towards? Uh, it was funny because you know, again, when I watched the uh, the trailer, I watched it on a small screen, and so I didn't even notice the whole part with the Death Star. I don't know if somebody like could come up to like talk to me and I turn my head, but seeing the Death Star in the ocean was super super sweet. Now I haven't watched it a couple times since then. Yeah, actually, I missed it the first time too. Yeah, I just yeah,
1: it, it looked like a mountain in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, when the first time you see it.
3: But uh, no, man, all was good like I said, except for uh, I felt really bad for everyone on Sunday. It seemed like uh, everyone, including the comic book people, but even some of the actors and stuff I was talking to, you know, they were, their flights got canceled through that freak snowstorm that came out. Um, I felt terrible for everyone, and that's why I, uh, I apologize to anybody that's listening that was coming to my booth. I was planning on being there till the end, but with that weather, I was like, I've got to drive. i got a two-and-a-half-hour drive ahead of me, and I'm, I don't want to drive in bad weather at night, so. I, I feel- know where
1: the weather came from. I know where that weather came from. I'm Give a shout out to another podcast because you listened to Techno Retro Dads last week. They were okay. talking about how they weren't worried about bringing their jackets and stuff because it's too warm. And um, who's a Shaz Bazaar? Who's in Alabama? Said, "Oh, I don't have a heavy jacket anyway. I'm not worried about it. See, see." <laughs> <laughs> It's Chicago. You bring your warm weather clothes.
3: Yeah, hey, man, in the Midwest, we always say, if you don't like the weather, just wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so well, uh, if you're closer to the lakes, it's wait five
1: minutes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's like how it is out here in Massachusetts. If you don't like the weather, wait an hour.
3: Yeah, exactly. But uh, that was really the only the only downside I can say about the whole experience is, you know, with flights getting canceled, obviously there were people that had to ring engagements they had to get to. Um, so I felt really bad for, for everyone but um, you know it's pretty cool I was able to share some uh, Chicago style pizza with all the New Yorkers from uh, Marvel that came along um, so that was that was fun let them taste some deep dish for the never ending battle of New York versus Chicago uh, but man like I said I just it was such a whirlwind but I just can't say enough good things about Star Wars fans and the people that attended that show like it was it was an honor to be there as always and it's an honor to uh, to be associated in some small part with that group of people because they all are we're just absolutely class acts.
0: That's
2: awesome. That's great. Well, it seems like you're also well prepared too with the great looking hockey jersey to keep you warm during all that cold.
3: Thank you very much. Yeah, I rock that. I, uh, I'm going to be tweeting some stuff out, some photos and things, so everyone will uh, be able to witness the awesomeness that is the Wookie Radio hockey jersey at Star Wars Celebration 2019. (laughs) So, um, I guess as anything
2: else before we let you go, because we know you got some deadlines for to hit on some great looking covers coming out in the near future.
3: Thank you. Um, nah, man, like, like I said, it was just, I mean, I wish there was more like in-depth reporting I could give, but it was, you know, I really treat a show especially like this. Like, uh, it's, it's weird because again, I don't, I don't view myself as I, I get what I do and where I sit in the pecking order of Star Wars and Um, You know, a lot of times with my job, I sit here, I'm working late nights again, as always. And it's really easy to kind of forget, like, or to uh, to not know, does anyone care? And um, truly, like the the people at the show were so generous and so great, like gracious. Um, I went there to say thank you to everybody. And I mean, it from the bottom of my heart, and they really made me feel like what I do is worth it. And I'm like, I said, it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Well, I definitely feel it's worth it.
2: That's why I call you my dealer. You, you, you started an addiction that I, that I, I've harped on, but still love doing. And to this day, I'm like my local comic book shop doesn't have that action figure. It's like, where's the cover? Where's my book with the cover? <laughs>
3: Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I do
2: my appreciate pleasure. it. Well, um, we're going to let you go. because you know, we know you've got um, some big deadlines for some books coming out shortly. And uh, we're going to let you do that. And you, and uh, we can't wait for the next time that you get a break and able to join us again.
3: Awesome, man. Yeah, I can't wait. To, heck, man, I've only seen the, uh, the Clone Wars trailer once. So I want to get back on and nerd out with you guys about that because my girl's back and she looks badder than ever, man. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you as always, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the show. And uh, look forward to chatting with you again. You got it. Y'all take care, man. Bye bye. Take it easy, John. Bye.
2: So, Stephen, the the panel guru that you that you were, from what I saw on Twitter.
4: Yeah, I went to a lot. Um, (laughs) Let's let's start off with your uh, with your Friday. Oh boy. Let's see well now I didn't win any of the lotteries so I didn't go to any of the big panels Uh, I caught most of those at the live stream stage Uh, so that's where I went first thing on Friday was I went straight to the live stream stage to catch the episode 9 trailer because I knew they was going to show it even though they waited to like the last moment of the panel to do it (laughs) now the live stream stage that's where they were doing uh, Star Wars uh, the Star Wars show from right yeah yeah the Star Wars show stage yeah on the exhibition floor and it was way bigger this time you remember in Orlando was kind of small, and they had yeah. like some stuff in the way. They really mm. upped their game on this one because they had four big giant screens, ones facing different directions. Right. So, no matter where you were at, you'd be able to see a screen. You'd be able to see the panel. Set wise, I think the set piece from
2: Orlando was better. I like that cantina vibe. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, as far as looks go, sure. But this <laughs> but
4: format, I, I, like the, but I like made the it on this for too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the runway on this one as well. So but yeah, I mean, even just seeing it straight just seeing the trailer then that was just awesome <laughs> i loved it uh yeah it gave gave me a thrill in the crowd i mean you still get the crowd experience there because everybody's cheering with it and stuff
2: now we talked about the trailer um on last week's show because we have flopped our record day, so we could talk about friday news uh so let's take a chance and or let's take the
4: opportunity and, and discuss the trailer with you and, and your thoughts on the trailer well, to me, I mean, when I was there in the room, the two biggest pops was when you saw Lando and the Falcon. Everybody okay. cheered. I mean, that was a huge cheer. Yeah. And then afterwards was when you hear Ian McDermott do the Emperor's laugh at the end. That was like the second big pop. Mm. Everyone just like lost it then. How many people around
2: you thought originally it was Mark Hamill? Now I'm guilty of it as well. I thought well, I was hearing
4: Mark Hamill first. Stream, at the live stream stage, we had really good audios. So so you could hear that it was the Emperor's laugh. And plus when Ian came out, we immediately could see it was Ian. He was zoomed up on the the, the screens right. they had. So there was no mistake, and I heard a lot of people at the live stream or the actual arena, they could only see like a little bitty person, so they couldn't tell who it was at first. But for us it was immediate. We was like, Oh man, it's Ian <laughs> and he's saying roll it again. <laughs> oh wait, wait, when when I saw the live stream and I saw Ian walk out, I'm like, Okay, that that was
2: Ian, not Mark. But when I but from from the stream to me, it initially sounded like Mark duplicating the Emperor's laugh. To me, it sounded like there was a bit of Joker in him. Oh. Yeah, the you know, laugh. I know, I know, well, there were a couple <laughs> people at work who said this, at, at where I worked, that said the same thing. But, again, the moment you saw Ian walk out, it was like, and do that whole, roll it again. Boom. It's, <laughs> no, that was Ian, and oh, crap. There, are uh, we immediately went with the thought, they're bringing in from the the, e, the old E. EU, Palpatine's
4: clones. Well, here's my thought now, and I've started to form this off of other people's thoughts as well because I've heard some good ones. My initial thought was that what if Palpatine never died? What if he <laughs> fell down that shaft but he didn't die? I mean, you just saw him fall down a pit, like Darth Maul fell down a pit. There's a very good possibility he like, never died. Like Mace Windu fell out, now, He's thrown out the window. Here's my theory I'm working on here. Kylo Ren heard his grandfather tell him to finish what he started. What if he meant Anakin was trying to tell him, finish killing Palpatine because I didn't get it done? What if that's what he was trying to tell him and Kylo got it all wrong? (laughs) And then, I've got this theory from someone else. Joe Tavano said on Bruising Blasters is, what if the title, The Rise of Skywalker, is Palpatine resurrecting Anakin? He's trying to bring him back to life. He wouldn't be trying to bring him back as some Jedi, but as some corrupted vessel he could use to try and take over the galaxy again, right? Trying to recreate the Chosen One again, but a dark side Chosen One. That would be pretty wild. Wait, I've heard that one go around as well.
1: See, I've not heard that part of it. I, I have, um, I've thought of the same, a very similar theory with the whole Emperor may not have died, especially if we're seeing the ruins of the, one of the Death Stars, then what's the chance he actually rode that down to the planet? <laughs> he's been living <laughs> on whatever planet this is since then?
0: Yeah, all right. Um. And that, I, um I forget what I was going to Say never mind. I still think Luke's yep. not dead. Well I think Luke's yeah, dead
4: Luke's ghost. Um, I am the only Um
1: one. the other
2: one
4: though is maybe, um J- maybe JJ Abrams thinks the same way. Well here here, so, how about this? What if we see Luke and Anakin come back as Force Ghosts, but they ignite like Force Ghost lightsabers and actually fight somebody? <laughs> There's your rise of the
0: Skywalkers <laughs> right there. <laughs> but what yeah.
4: if it's true, too.
0: Ghost lightsaber look like, I wonder? Blue
1: <laughs>
0: And glowy? <laughs> I know. It's well, like, um, th- uh, no, go ahead, Derek. Did did uh, any of you guys read the first issue of the Vader Dark Visions comic? Yeah. Not yet. Uh, the way the way they drew, they had Vader's lightsaber looking that how it looked a little more like raw energy than than like a clean lightsaber. You know what I mean? Sort of like Kylo's. Yeah, kind of. Um, that's how I could see a Force Ghost lightsaber looking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, some friends of mine and uh, uh, I have been throwing around the idea that um the title is The Rise of Skywalker. What if Skywalker is not referring to a person? What could it be other than that? Yeah, I've heard people
4: trying to say maybe it's like a title or something. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard it's... it's. I, it's, I don't
1: know. The, yeah, I don't have anything past that. It's just it's the what's new, the chances that it's not him? Well, I, I've
2: heard Skywalker's going to be the new
1: name for the Jedi.
2: Yeah, I've heard that one too, but I don't know. It's but, an interesting possibility. But also hearing there's there's another Skywalker out there we haven't seen, and it's not Ray. in how yes. would that work? I, hey, I don't know. This is Yoda what said hear. there
1: is another. Maybe Yoda said there is another. Maybe he wasn't referring
4: to Leia. Well, I mean according to George, I mean there's all kinds of Skywalkers out there. It's a real common name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skywalker is like Smith. And then you got the Chiss out there calling all their Force sensitive kids Skywalkers. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> So after seeing at the uh live stream stage, the stuff for episode 9, um, what was next in your day on, on Fridays on that
4: Friday. afterwards I was hitting podcast panels uh, there's Tarkin's Top Shell um, I went to the Beyond the Outer Rim podcast Skywalking Through Neverland they put on a heck of a show they did all kinds of stuff in their their panel um, and I also went to uh, they did like a, a Star Wars author trivia panel like a Jeopardy thing where right? right. they had the they had the authors up there and uh, Mark Thompson the guy who voices the audiobooks mm-hmm. he was like the host for it that was pretty fun they did like jeopardy questions for star Wars and they picked a couple of people from the crowd to go up there and be like on the author's team. Cool. Did you happen to catch yeah,
1: I'm about that coming? Did you
4: happen to catch keeping with the geek bros? No, I missed out on that one
2: is they are one of the shows on the weeby geeks network. Uh,
4: yeah. I haven't, I don't think I've reviewed them yet. I have to, I have to try them out sometime. Well,
2: yeah. I know they're primarily like weeby geeks, just general geek culture, but, uh, they, they got on the podcast stage, which doing that stage is intimidating, but it's fun. Uh, because Celebration Orlando 17, Mighty Marvel Geeks were on the stage. Yeah, the uh, room was about the same size as Orlando was. Okay, not bad. It's a decent room. Holds about 75. Yeah, you have get a lot of people in there. Yeah, and with the standing room, definitely with a show like uh, Skywalking Through Neverland, where, I mean, you've, you've got Richard and Sarah, who are you know, out front entertainers to begin with. Um, their show, is, for it to not be a show, is mm-hmm. would, would be let down if you didn't get a full show from them
4: and, and not a panel yeah, or your typical podcast show. So. But yeah, it was fun. I liked hitting all the podcast panels. Uh, it's usually a lot less stressful because you're not sitting in line as long. There's not as much as huge lines as some of the other bigger panels. So it's, you know, it's a more intimate room. You get, you know, you get, you're more closer to the stage and the people there. There's a lot more crowd interaction. Uh, I really like the podcast panels. I think, you know, we
2: hit a couple when we were, I was there and... In, uh, in 1917. Um, but we were also trying to hit some of the other stuff. Well, uh, I did not do big panels last time. Uh, actually, uh, the only one I got in was the Rebels panel, but we had the invite with media from uh Lucasfilm. So, but definitely the, the Lucasfilm publishing and the Marvel panels we hit. Uh, so into the, so you wrapped your day Friday pretty much with the podcast stages. Uh, a lot of great shows yep. that were there. Yeah. Um, well, let me go back a day on third. Were you there on Thursday? Yeah, I was there all five uh so thursday was pretty much what like a
4: preview day well the uh, exhibition floor was open so i just wandered the floor all day uh, looked at all the booths there was a lot of stuff on the floor to do they had like the falcon experience where you can go in there and they got like the tunnels for the falcon they got like the the Sabic table they got the little bar you can pose with and stuff so oh, that was excellent. cool and that was right next to like rancho obi-wan so you go to rancho obi-wan um they had like a mouse droid track set up where they had kids racing mouse droids and stuff that was funny uh, and there was all kinds of all kinds of props and stuff you could take pictures with. They had like the hover tank from Rogue One. They had a really nice Ewok diorama, like a whole family of Ewoks you could go pose with and get pictures. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, they had that all was kinds just of sweet. Yeah. And the other interesting thing was the the autograph area wasn't curtained off of a giant black wall like it was last time, so you could actually see everybody who's signing and stuff. So so more like what it was at C6 except for your mm. top stars. I'm trying to remember back, I don't remember what the autograph fairy even looked like back then. But,
2: um, uh, but yeah, it was- C6 is like the whole like one corner yeah uh, yeah it's they have a-, a bunch of tables oh. and everyone's sitting at the table and you just walked right up uh,
4: well there was no walking up to anybody in right. this place there were giant lines for everybody who was signing <laughs> well
2: you, you had to get you, you had to have a ticket to do the autograph but it was one of those if there was no one
4: at the table you were able to walk right up and talk to the talk to the star yeah I didn't even try that so I don't even know if that'd be possible at this one
2: uh did you get a chance to get into
4: the celebration store? Which we know was a touchy. Yeah, spot actually, in Orlando. let's see. I think I finally went there on Sunday, maybe, because the line was outrageous Thursday. I heard people waited in line eleven hours on Thursday oh, trying to get. Wow, um, that And right, I think that Friday right there is called was like training line training Friday, for Galaxy's Edge. Friday was like a five-hour wait, and it wasn't until Saturday that the reserve a spot in line thing actually worked for the, the, the store. So, but Saturday you could actually reserve your spot in line, show up at a certain. In time you get in pretty quick. Um, when I got in, they still had a lot of stuff there, so it wasn't like they was completely sold out on anything. But okay. I got what I was after. I got the the Rancor Tiki cup. I thought that was pretty cool. It comes with like the little Han Solo and Carbonite shot glass. It holds. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right. That and I got a. I had to get the, the plush Gorg. And the little Gorg thing from Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. I had to get yeah. that. I thought that was too funny.
1: Nice. Yeah. So the the problems they had in Orlando with the lines and people trying to get into the building and stuff. Do they have any of those problems this year? Did it did it work better? Did it just feel like it was running better? Getting in line to get into the the convention every day
4: was interesting. It wasn't bad, but it changed every single day. Every single day, just it like was Orlando. a little different. Just like, like The first day, they queued us up out like in these big white tents, and they weren't heated or anything, so that kind of sucked because it was cold out there. Um, Yo, after they, that, they did being in the tent. The only thing that did was save you from the wind. Yeah, after that they stopped doing that and they started queuing everybody inside so at least we were warm and so we kind of got shuffled around in different spots for the queue people inside and they try to split that up to where okay here's the giant queue for people who want to go straight to the celebration store you know here's where everybody else can stand uh i noticed i don't know if it was like that to begin with but i noticed they had other entrances later on too so like people could come in from like the sky bridges from the hotels and from the other side of the convention center because they had uh security gates set up everywhere out there, so there's a lot of different directions people could come in. Uh,
2: going back to the app, you said the, the light speed for the store wasn't working till roughly Saturday. Um, reading online about the lottery stuff, be it for the panels or for the exclusives, what were you yeah, hearing? I heard some, what were you I heard some,
4: there? I heard some sketchy things though, about that, uh, where you really didn't need to win the lottery, you just need to find someone else who did, get a screenshot of their QR code, and you could get in, because because uh, sometimes they weren't even scanning them. Sometimes they were just looking at them. Um, if someone wanted to give you their QR code because they weren't going to use it, you could totally do that because they weren't matching it up to badges at all. They never checked a badge for anything. So as long as you had someone's QR code and they weren't going to use it, you could scan that and get in too. Um, so that, you know, a little well,
2: sketchy. That and selling them for minimum 500 bucks on eBay. Anyone who bought those things, I feel sad for. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was hearing too that there were people who only had like a Saturday pass and they won exclusives for every other day but Saturday, <laughs> or or they or they won the lottery for panels for every other day but that uh, first one. The uh, what was it? Galaxy's Edge on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that would suck if that happened. And, um. and it was like, what do you do with this? <laughs> <laughs> so, in your opinion, being there, you think the lottery system worked? Really,
4: didn't work. Work. It kind of worked. It's a decent idea. It, they need to work on it a little more to make it better, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, the whole other flip side to it was the reservation system they had, too, because they had it where you could reserve, I think it was, one panel for each of the other two stages once a day. And what that did is it guaranteed you a spot, supposedly. Um, mostly what it did is it let you just get into a shorter line to get in, because they would let whoever had they had like a whole separate line for everybody who reserved. Observed, and they let those people go in first, then they'd let the overflow line go in. Anybody who didn't have a reservation for the panel, hey, they want this to work next time.
2: Disney, let Disney step in and set up their fast passes. <laughs> yeah, well, Guarantee what I'm you, it'll to... work so much better.
1: Yeah, what I'm trying to figure out is um, Gen Con is only about seven or eight thousand people less than Star Wars Celebration, but you don't have anything with all these lines and all this other stuff of try, you know, trying to get in the building. What I, I'm wondering. What are they doing different? You know,
2: uh, Gen Con's not Star Wars,
1: <laughs> I, so, but I'm saying the amount of people, the amount of matter. people is the same,
2: <laughs> doesn't matter, it's not Star Wars. It, it's as Stephen will test, Celebration. I mean, Gen Con, I'm sure probably feels like most any other convention. Star Wars is a
1: whole other yeah. beast on its own. Yeah, I'm I was just looking at, like I said, it was like 61,000 people last year, and Celebration pulls about 70 right now. I think it has a lot of people, I oh, think
4: yeah. Has a lot to do with how they're scheduling the panels they're like okay. doing you know one big panel a day so everybody wants to go to that big panel for the day what if they did all the big panels at the same time on one day you divide everybody's attention you wouldn't have everybody rushing to just one panel because now yeah. well, they're like well there's four i really want to go to all happening at the same time so then everybody gets split off
1: see i want or you was- do um the really big panels like that do them two or three times and do them all at the same time so it's like people yeah, another one, it, you know yeah. now the trailers, you're not going to be able to do that with. I mean, you're only you're only going to debut the trailer once. No.
4: Like, for instance, with the publishing panels this year, they had four different publishing panels. They had one each day, and each one was a little different. But, I mean, if you wanted to go see the authors, you, you could pick what day you want to go.
2: See, and, and that makes sense, and that gets more people through. Um, I want to say they did the same thing with Celebration 6, like with Detours. That panel, they ran, I think, first day they ran twice, and then they ran once. Uh, Friday, they ran it twice. Or they ran it once. I know they ran it once two. Ran it once Thursday, ran it once or twice on Friday, once on Saturday, and that wrapped it. Or at least it ran every day, once a day. Yeah. Because um, Carrie Fisher's panel was supposed to run twice, but comments that she made when they announced the Blu-ray got her pretty much
1: kicked out of the show. Because <laughs> that's their saying, oh, yeah, well, Carrie I mean, Fisher's Carrie panel Fisher has been... didn't, Yeah, Carrie Fisher didn't have a filter? Wait a minute. No. <laughs> no. This is strange. I've never heard this before
2: <laughs> no but it seems like there were there was more room to repeat panels um at celebration five celebration six and
1: it then, may have also been the difference between the sheer amount of panels submitted uh no you you were cramped because there were a
2: lot of panels between the three stages that there was overlap uh at S- celebration five and six I mean there there was constantly some going and, and there were at least, like Stephen has suggested you had a couple larger panels to start the um, at the beginning of each day, it's just at that time we didn't have new movies coming out, mm-hmm. so it's the the shock and awe of a major panel wasn't there as much. Um, but I don't see why they couldn't do something like that again. You no, know, yeah, it's the there's the um, there's having that bragging rights of oh, I was at the first one where they showed the trailer for the first time. But, okay, that's okay because everybody I, else consider, saw it too. Well, everyone on at home streaming got. To watch it,
4: which I was shocked about. Mm-hmm. Now, with the streaming, the one thing it was, it was really, it was only one time during the whole convention was the Mandalorian panel. Yeah, when I was at the live stream stage, we got to see like almost all of it. And then at the end, when we we're all getting ready to leave, John Fan was like, Wait, wait, we've got more. The live stream panel stage blacked out there, and everybody was like, Mad, they're like, Wait a minute, we're not gonna get to see it.
2: All of a sudden, you see this countdown, it will return in three minutes, 30 seconds.
4: I mean, yeah. I, I don't even get why you would want to make that exclusive to the people in the arena when, I mean, you know, hey, it leaked out anyways. So why make us yeah. all watch these crummy leaked videos when you could just release it? Now, I will say the
2: one that I have not seen leaked and, and I was watching the panel online was the uh, Star Wars Resistance panel. I'm like, why is this uh, one I went one? to that one. Why is this one I only 48 one. minutes? And then I'll say, okay, thanks. And then I hear, yeah, <laughs> they they stopped three quarters of the way through and they showed us the
4: first episode. Oh, yeah, I got to see the first episode. It was cool. Um, I won't spoil anything, but they did, like, an Aliens vibe to the episode. So, like, you know, like the... Movie uh, with, uh, with, uh, shoot, I can't think anybody's names Spo- now. Weaver. Stormy Stormy Weaver. Weaver. Yeah. It was, no, it ex- was like Aliens vibe. Cause, okay. Just a little, 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 spoiler. Uh, there's like, you remember the Imperial droid, the little ball droid that got beat yep. up last season? Yeah. BB- he's 90. not dead. He's not dead. And now he's out for vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like the one stalking them in the corridors, like the, you know, like the aliens would. And he like ties one of them up to a wall, like they're glued to the wall, like in aliens. <laughs> so, there's some down. really cool nods there. It was fun.
2: Did they happen to say when the show is coming back? Besides
4: fall? No, they they did not say the return date for the show. Well, I'm going to guess sometime this fall, probably late September, early October. Yeah, I'd say fall time sometime.
1: I wonder if they're going to put that on Disney Plus as like within a quickly after it's on um, on the air. I
4: could see them putting the first season on Disney yeah. Plus. I don't know how they're going to run with their new content, seeing how it's going to go on their Disney Channel first. Well, supposedly, the,
2: the Disney, I don't know what the Disney Now app is staying, but there's, they've already said there's going to be over 5,000 episodes of Disney Channel shows on Disney Plus plus all 100 plus original Disney Channel movies as well.
1: Cool. There was some interesting stuff in the first couple of years of the Disney Channel. Yeah.
2: So um, so we talked about Friday, uh, Saturday. How did your Saturday,
4: Saturday going? Saturday kicked off with the Galaxy's Edge thing, but I totally skipped it because I didn't think they was really going to do much there with all the stuff they've already revealed We, we, I knew they'd live stream it anyways we talked about it um, in text messages and it's like it only seems
2: like there's 20% new news that came out of that the big big
4: thing there is coca-cola is now star wars canon (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm waiting for someone to say it in a book that they're drinking a coca-cola because it's just coca-cola and orbesh right so when you translate it it's coca-cola if you translate that in a book all of a sudden, they're can go Coca-Cola.
2: <laughs> can we see it potentially in a in a cantina or a bar scene in upcoming films as product placement?
4: I could totally see him doing it. Just hiding it in the background, dirtying up a little bit. <laughs> You know, the th-
2: yeah. the thing that got me was, they said it's only going to be Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, and Dasani water. Was it me, or did the Dasani water bottle look like a smart water bottle?
1: <laughs> yeah, they totally changed. Well, they changed all the containers, so they, they yeah. made them more Star Wars-y, I guess. So, Well, get
2: rid yeah, of the like- uh, the iconic imagery.
1: Hey, I, w- I wonder if that's what
4: Chewbacca's got in his pouches is a bunch of Coca-Cola. <laughs> 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 he does
2: now. Well, and I think it's, it's strange. They went with the Christmas ball ornament bottle and the old um, either Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones bottle caps. Huh. So it's not like they developed something new. They recycled and combined two different products from the past. Well, yeah,
1: on Saturday... you have not had them for a while, though. Yeah. So it's, a, it's
4: new for a lot of people. Yeah. And, well, on Saturday, what I did first is I went to the... Uh, they had a, a droids in the animatronic panel, so they were showing, like, the the. Anim- animatronic technology they've been working on and how that's advanced through the movies and it actually turned out to be pretty neat because they were showing how with uh like with solo they were developing this kinetic technology so you don't even need a puppeteer just when you do motions the actual animatronic mass would just start to move with the motions like they showed the six-eyed alien If it looked left all the eyes would look left looked right all the eyes would look right it would occasionally blink or twitch to give it that extra lifelike feel and then it could be overrided by a to make it even more control see, see I, I that's one of the it. panels
1: i saw well that that panel is actually available on the live stream if you have the i noticed there's a lot of the panels that if you have the actually play the five hour live stream a lot of the panels were in there that they did not break up into individual um shows so if you go back to YouTube you can actually fast forward to the live stream and watch that panel was on there i've not got a chance to check
4: it out yet one of the coolest things in that panel though is they showed the next technology they moved on to which is a motion control technology so now instead of public these things with like remote controls. They've got like a rig they put on and it's like motion capture. Any movement you make, the robot makes and they hinted that this is what they're doing for the new movies. <laughs> so like, wow. Episode 9, maybe that's where that big yellow alien's going to be controlled by is by someone wearing a mocap suit behind the camera, making motions and that thing's making the motions in front of the camera copying them.
1: Wow. You know what? So yeah, that's yeah, how they're doing the, I would be sitting was that, right, I was
2: going to say I'd be sitting right next to you at that pen. <laughs>
1: you know what that's though that mocap technology is probably how they're getting Hondo to do all the stuff he does at Galaxy's Edge because the video of H- the actual showing Hondo in that panel was the best part of that panel that is all the new animatronic technology that's out there it has it's, yeah it's not the mocap up stuff it's a totally different beast because of all the hydraulics all and I, everything that's inside of it all I know is that Hondo looks real that looks like a person in a mask walking around and talking up there oh yeah totally yeah now you see my theory is you know how uh
4: what was that one guy the the guy who was a Doctor Who the guy who was supposed to be an episode night Matt something Matt Smith yep. remember yes. how he said he's not in the movie when everybody thought he was supposed to be in it my theory is he's doing the remote ma- motion capture for that yellow alien and he's just voicing it so he was never in front of the camera he was behind the camera doing the motion capture for it <laughs> I Thus, that... he was technically never in the movie <laughs> could be could be uh, so outside that panel or what else on Saturday? Uh, Let's see. I went to the Lucasfilm publishing panel. Um, that was the one where, let's see, that, was, that wasn't that was the one where they revealed that new secret project. That was just the one where they talked about their upcoming books. Um, so there wasn't really anything shockingly new there. Um, Kevin Scott was there talking about the Dooku audiobook and he did mention that the audiobook's going to cover Dooku's life from when he was 10 years old to when he leaves the Jedi Order. So I thought that was pretty neat. Oh, wow. Hmm. I also went to the cosplay panel. That was the first time I ever went to one of the cosplay panels. That was pretty cool. Got to see a lot of some cool cosplay there. Uh, and then I just finished up with some more podcast panels. And then there was also the podcast meetup at the end of that day. That was fun. Okay. and, and Being
2: podcasters ourselves, uh, fill us in a little bit on this podcast meetup. Uh, what it was
4: about. What was involved? Yeah. Uh, retro zap. Yeah. It was organized by uh, Coffee of Kenobi and then uh, Starship Savers and Scoundrels over there retrospect they both did like a joint one instead of you know two different groups doing podcast ones they just joined forces so everybody could do it in one spot and it was just at the hotel bar over at the hyatt um but yeah there's a lot of podcasters showed a lot of i mean i saw leland t walking around there's a lot of star wars artists came by later on so it was pretty cool for future consideration with us see about mm-hmm.
2: partnering up with stuff like that. um so i guess moving on to sunday the now, sunday was Hall the mandalorian rolling.
4: yeah yeah it snowed sunday that was fun. <laughs> Everybody had to walk into the convention covered in snow. <laughs> uh, but I was looking forward to Sunday because that was the the day that I showed the Mandalorian. And so I went straight to the live stream stage for that one so I could see that. And uh, I also had it in mind because I knew they had the actors would come out later in the day on the live stream stage. Right. So I timed it just right. So I actually came back to the live stream stage later in the day and saw all the actors come out. So that was cool. So they had uh, Carl Weathers, you know. Corona and uh, Pedro Pascal came out. She looks great in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She uh, looked really threatening with the t-shirt cannon. <laughs> <laughs> First thing she did was pointed at everybody directly <laughs> below. I was like, oh, no, don't point Blake, pirate. <laughs> uh, that's going to hurt. That's going to leave a mark. I know at one point, uh, Bobby Moynihan came out and shot the t-shirt cannon. He took out like a, a dealer's booth way in the distance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was actually surprised to in that panel. I mean, I'm thinking at this point, because we've been here for a while, we're going to be talking uh, the actual news news celebration probably next week, right? But there's one thing I want to get to um, that when they announced they, they needed extra stormtroopers, so Dave Filoni called the 501st and yeah. it had them come in to be stormtroopers on set, on film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: that was pretty cool. And, and, and the other actors were taking cues from them and asking them, <laughs> "Yeah, do you hold this? How do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> they knew more
1: about
4: being stormtroopers than the actual guys writing the storm Troopers. I think they even commented that you know their outfits were better than the ones they were using. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey,
2: hey, and then, oh, the ones that's fi- go ahead. Well, um, Filoni then said, now they get to say they have screen-used costumes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to think the 501st guys have built their um, uniforms and stuff to stand up to daily use. Yep. Movie set, you want them? To, you want to use it for uh, two, three, four days, and it gets thrown away. <laughs> it's got to look good for about ten hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The rest. Of today I just uh hung out at the live stream stage
4: for a while checked out some uh, some of the guests who came out to hit up a few more podcast uh, panels I also went to uh they had a shipping panel which is kind of interesting I'm not really a shipper but I like hearing what other people are doing in the fandom and it's kind of interesting to hear all the, the railo shippers out there and what it is <laughs> what it is they see in these two characters <laughs> okay what do what you I guess I'm a little confused what do you mean by shipper uh it's relationships and they just they just shorten it to ships so so it's, sure. They ship two characters together. Yeah, um, like Finn and Poe. That's a Star Pilot. Is <laughs> oh, that what they call that one? Yeah, yeah, that one's called Star Pilot. <laughs> Come on, Mike, old man. There's, there's, hey, there's Kylo. Hey, hey, Kylux, Where's where you ship hear Kylo and Hux together? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear some of the stuff uh, the fans are all hyped about. Okay, I don't, so you're you're a braver man going to that panel. I, one I would have looked at and went, eh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I learned a lot. I learned where all this stuff. Started, you know, how the fandom progressed with this stuff. <laughs> I learned some of the weird relationships they ship. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. See, now when I'm looking on Twitter and they start saying Star Pilots, like, oh, I know what they're
2: talking about. <laughs> so when they say the C3 Walker, it's the relationship between C3PO
4: and Luke, right? I haven't heard that one. I think that's all you know. Mike. <laughs> okay. I write some fan fiction on that.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, when you still make said, us money,
4: then of course.
0: Yeah, sure. When <laughs> <you said> that, <laughs> say c3po and an ad at walker and i was like whoa <laughs>
2: hey hey that's like that's like a
4: chihuahua and a great day <laughs> yeah <laughs> See the, hey, the way i see it is the only ships i ship are ones that fly which is poggle the lesser and Watto. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alrighty then. So, um, That's one strange looking baby. So we're pretty much <laughs> gone through
4: through uh, Saturday or Sunday. What about Monday? Monday was interesting because, well, I didn't get in on the uh, the Phantom Menace panel. And I was looking over who the guest list was probably going to be. And I was thinking, yeah, I don't think there's going to be anything huge. I'll just catch it later in the live stream when they replay it on YouTube or something. So I went to the, they had another uh, publishing panel. And I was really interested. I was like, what are they going to show? at this one you know it's like I went to the one the day before what possibly can they have that'll be new and this is one where they announced this really new secretive project have you guys heard about this one yet the no project luminous hmm, no they were real secret it's five different writers all working together on the same project. They made it sound like it's it's not going to be like five different books. It's like maybe one book they're all working on. But they didn't even say what the format of this project was going to be. So we don't even know if it's a book. But here's the people working on it. Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, who did, uh, I think she did the, the Lando Young Readers book. Okay. Daniel Jose Older, who did Last Shot. Kevin Scott, who's doing the Dooku audio book. And Charles Soule, who's also on this project. This is his new project he's working on. So Charles is crossing over from Marvel Comics. Well, we don't the know what format on this is. We don't even know if it's a book. Yeah, this could be a comic book. It could be a giant audio drama or something even. I mean, we have no idea what this is. They showed pictures of all five of the writers just hanging out at Skywalker Ranch with like these secret books that were like blank but mysterious that they all had Is it it's like, what are they working on? And the only thing they would reveal is that it was called Project Luminous won't be out till 2020 but and then they had this one uh they had a force quote was the only thing they had for it the the force is what gives the Jedi is power it's an energy field created by all living things it surrounds us and penetrates us it binds the galaxy together until that was the hook they left with it's like until It's like well, what does that mean it's uh, midichlorine uh, <laughs> just kidding yeah but it, it's the force uh, uh, and everything binding us together until it was like what well, was that something disrupt? the Force. <laughs> Charles Soule is, is a novelist too, so it could be a book.
2: Well, This almost sounds like kind of what they're doing with uh, TIE Fighter, because l- in June is, is the book Alphabet Squadron that's supposed to be the companion to the five-issue mini from Marvel that I think DK's putting out, and the two are working together. Mm. So, yeah, you're kind of almost going to have to read TIE Fighter to read
4: it, to understand stuff with Alphabet Squadron from what I'm hearing. The only far thing I can think of is remember when George Lucas was doing that interview with James Cameron he was talking about the wills and going into microscopic space or something like that yeah 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 what if they tried to do that in this project mean, care- they tried to try and tackle that idea instead of doing yeah. it like in a movie you know do it in a book format maybe say, explore maybe take the some force of,
1: yeah maybe take some of George's ideas from his script or his script treatments for 789 because remember they said he was supposed to be doing a lot of that. That type of stuff in seven, eight, and nine, right. going more microscopic. So what so you think this might tie in with the uh the one
4: uh was it Guardians of the Wills book from the Rogue One era? I, I think it could go even deeper than that. We could actually see the Wills, you know. Because according to George, he was trying to say they were all gonna go like shrink into some macroscopic, microscopic space and venture and see the wills who were manipulating the force and stuff. Mm. It could be something really audacious. Really? <laughs> but I don't know. I they were so secretive. Nobody knows anything about this.
2: huh sounds interesting. We'll have to keep waiting for more. See what comes out of either San Diego Comic-Con or uh, or D23. But I think they're going to be pretty tight-lipped until next year. I bet you we might get some more news out of this at D23. Either D23 I or San Diego.
4: I'd like to hear something about it. Uh, of course, Luca- I
2: mean. Lucas doesn't do
4: much with New York Comic-Con, which would be the next one after those two. Next big one. They saved a lot of stuff to reveal about the books. Though. I mean, we've got the whole journey to the right of Skywalker, we have no idea what those books are going to be or who's writing them. They didn't reveal that yet. Uh, so I, they're still holding on to that. Then I'm betting See, with C, with Celebration Orlando, we got
2: a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. At the Lucasfilm Publishing and at the Marvel panel. Interesting. I bet you that's going to come at D23.
4: Hopefully. I'd like to find out who's doing the, the next novelization. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else on Monday? Uh, beyond that, I went to, there was a video game writer's panel that Alexander Freed was doing. And okay. um, so he was talking because he's worked on a lot of the Bioware games, uh, the Old Republic. So he was talking about what it takes to write for video games. That was kind of interesting. Then I went to the Star Wars Resistance panel where we got to see the first episode of season two. That was fun. Plus, we got to see all the actors just goofed around on stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. At one point, Bobby Moynihan and Donald Faison were running around in the crowd. <laughs> they were like, they, yeah, they, I heard like about asked, that. they asked for permission first. I was like, can we run out in the crowd? Can we do? It? We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, we got a free poster on that one. Uh, one side, it you know, was just like all the characters. But on the flip side, it had the janitor guy, Opie Pitt, cleaning up, like, these dirty footprints for one of those gorgs. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So I got one of those. Um, and then I just, let's see, I hit another podcast panel. And at the end of the day, I skipped out on the ending ceremonies. Instead, I went to, there was a mythology panel they had on Star Wars. So that was cool. Uh, Dan Z from Coffee of Kenobi was hosting that one. And they just... Just talking about the mythology part of Star Wars and how that ties in. So it was neat. Okay. Um, when the news broke,
2: Anaheim 2020, what was the vibe like around the around the show? <laughs> Everybody's like, oh,
4: my God, we just got done with this one. And now we got to start prepping for another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, gonna, you know, it's like a year away, you know. <laughs> it's like when we start prepping for this one is when we were a year away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it makes you wonder, are they going to do it around the same time again? Are they going to push it off later in the year? I'm kind of hoping they push it off a bit. Um, from
2: what I read, there is, to do it around the same time next year interferes with WonderCon.
1: It does? WonderCon, well, yeah, WonderCon's end of March. Unless WonderCon's moving. Uh, no, WonderCon. So they're moving it? I think so. Here, I can do some quick looking. Uh, WonderCon. WonderCon 2020. Ah, wait, that didn't work. WonderCon
2: 2020 would be held April 10th through 12th.
1: Yeah, they're not going to want to put it in April then.
2: I don't know. They did, uh, they put Celebration in c 2 to within three weeks of each other this year. They're at McCormick. Now, when do they usually do D23? That's in like June or something? Uh, D23 is August. Think August.
4: Be, do you think they'd want to move it to that time slot if they're going to try and do every other year with D23 one year? It celebration make, next year? It would make sense. Uh, which, if they're wanting to change things up, that would that would work. Which,
2: go, which goes with what I have been stating. Do D23 August of odd years in Anaheim, then in August August of the even years here in Orlando, do celebration. Well, yes, that was a little hotter. Um, you're, I think, with celebration, you're, you're, since you're aiming towards the kids, you're not putting a show out there that you're taking kids out in a vital time of the school year with end of year testing and state testing going on, and you're putting this show right in the middle of it. And You want to make it a family event, yeah. Um, I mean, August it makes sense to do it in the summertime. August, beginning of August. I mean, yeah, here in Florida, we can't start school before the 13th of August. So, I mean, if you did it around the, you know, if you're only one. Two two days or one or two weeks into the school year here, yeah, I have no problems pulling my daughter out of school to go do that for three <laughs> four days. Chances are it won't be. It probably be she'll join me on the weekends. But um, you know, beginning of the school year makes it easier on families than the end of the school year. Speaking as a parent, um, but no. But if you're going to do the overseas shows like Tokyo, typically up until 2017 2018 D23 was 2017 August of 2017, and then they did Tokyo in the spring spring of 2018. So I'm expecting another Tokyo D23, maybe not next year, but 2022 typically they do three years in between almost two to three years. So I guess realistically it could be next year. Um, Maybe we'll find out at D23 this year, but if that's the case, if you do Orlando even years for celebration, then the spring of the following odd year, you could do celebration Europe or celebration Tokyo and go overseas for the spring. So in a way, you're almost having a celebration every other year or every year, but you're targeting your U.S. audience one year and your European audience the other year. That way, you're not putting the stress, and it's and they're almost the same type of show, almost the identical show being put on at both locations. A lot of times, I mean, it's very rarely do you get a lot of new news at your Tokyo D23. It's just hey, we're doing it, and here's some is showing off the stuff that's coming out. So um, now rumblings. On- Floor about Reed Pop?
4: Are they still running it? I didn't hear any rumblings on the floor about it, but uh, I know I've heard rumblings before the convention was going that you know people are like, some people were hearing that you know this was like Reed Pop's last show at it, and maybe somebody else is doing it next if they didn't get renewed again. Which makes you wonder if maybe that's part of the reason why they're doing it again next year if it's somebody new doing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh any any um any big scores off the convention floor for you? No. Actually, I didn't buy anything on the convention floor. I almost thought about getting that Spider Mall statue. That was like 200 bucks. That thing sold out pretty fast, though.
2: Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's pretty the, the one exclusive I was, if I was there, I would have dropped the coin on, was the uh, Kotobayuka uh, with the, the two Astromax from Banhams.
4: Yeah, I was looking, I don't know, I was looking at, they had a, a Zuckus one. It wasn't yes. exclusive, but they showed Zuckus. Because I was looking at the Bounty Hunter lineup, and I was looking yes. at and I was like, man, Zuckus and Forlom look really good. <laughs>
2: Their stuff is great. I love, I, as much as SciShow has got some great stuff. General Giant's got some great stuff. I am enthralled with Koto Bayuga. I mean, to me, I think their stuff is, is tops. Spe- and, and you get more than your money's worth for the money you're paying for. Uh, Celebration Orlando, I got the BT1 and Triple Zero set. Yeah, I got uh, those too. Yeah, those are cool. The Celebration 6, I got the R2A6, which was their Celebration exclusive, which is why I would have gotten the the two from, from this year, uh, the blue and the red. So you got a little droid collection going on. I do. <laughs> I, I love the Astromex. Did they make uh, a K2SO? They did. I think they did make a K2SO. It's probably on their site, Kodo USA uh, kodous.com Um, But the bounty hunter stuff, you you buy um, IG-88, Bosk, Dengar, Zuckus, 4LOM, which their 4 Lomb looks amazing as well. You buy those five, each one of those five comes with a piece to make up the Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> so, um, but no, the Astromex for uh, well, you you know with BT one the with that as- action F- FX theirs. I mean, you could pose it however you want. Yeah, yeah, it came with the optional third leg or not. Yeah, I mean, it's some great stuff there, that, and, and I would love to get their R two unit as well. Uh, even if that does mean getting the C three PO, which I like the C I like C three PO. Don't get me wrong, but I would love to just be able to get a R two. <laughs>
4: um,
2: the only way I think I'd be able to do that's eBay. So um, so final thoughts about Celebration?
4: Uh, I know when I was going to this one, I had it in mind. You know, I wasn't going to try and go so hard for the big panels because I really didn't want to deal with the lines. I wanted to try and take it easy, do something more stress-free, and try and just have fun with it. And I did. I had a fun time. I went to the panels I wanted to go to, had fun at all of them, and I didn't get stuck waiting forever in a bunch of lines and didn't have to deal with a lot of hassle with that. And it worked out great. See, that, that was my approach with celebration
2: Orlando is let me go to what I want to do. Friday, I spent since we were the last podcast on the day that Friday night, and of course we were up against the the Disney party and Star Wars Insider who was giving away an iPad. Yeah, we <laughs> and we still scored like twelve to fifteen people in our at our show. Hey, I'll, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> and Ma- and Mary Franklin showed up for it too. That's Score. cool. <laughs> um, I most of my Friday was stressed over that. I, I don't remember. I know we hit a panel, but I don't remember what panel we hit because I was stressing over the show. I was like, okay, I want to make sure this is set. This is set. I was doing a lot of show prep, getting ready, hmm. um, last minute things. And, um, but just to, to go, okay, yeah, here's the last Jedi panel. Um, I did the whole thing with media passes and are we going to get there? I don't know. I'm not worried about it. It happens. It happens. And I just sat in the media room and I streamed it. <laughs> and I think they had a couple TVs streaming it in there as well. Um, the I, Like you, you know, not having that stress of, oh, my God, am I going to get into this panel? Am I going to wait in line and get turned away? There's other opportunities to see it. You, you don't have to stress. You can relax.
4: Do what you want to do. And the way they're doing the live stream stage with the Star Wars show stage, it's almost better to go there and yep. just wait for the actors to come out because they're going to be closer to you. They're going to be you're going to be way closer to the actors than you would be in the big giant arena. Yep. And plus, they're giving away free stuff all day. <laughs> you get a free hat free shirt.
2: <laughs> yep. So sometimes the swag's better there than it is at the actual panel.
4: I mean, the, the only benefit of the arena is if you've got, like, uh, the best seats in house that Warwick Davis kept doing and where you got to actually sit up on stage.
2: <laughs> yeah. That, that that would be cool. Um, so, Derek, Ken, any other final thoughts from you guys?
1: No, it looked like it was a blast. I wish I would, we could have actually got there. There will be a Wookiee radio invasion in the future, trust us. <laughs> uh, well,
2: that's going to wrap it up for us unless <laughs> Derek has a Hold on,
0: on, Derek. I have one final thought. It's not actually related to celebration. It is something else entirely. That is, uh, for all of you up in my area, up in Massachusetts, the New England area... Um, as you know, John Williams, the, uh, used to play with the Boston pops all the time. And, um, so in May coming up in May, the Bo- Boston pa- pops, excuse me, currently being conducted by Keith Lockhart are doing, uh, a three night show where they're showing star Wars, a new hope with them playing the music live. Oh, wow. Well, I'm also going to leave
2: with this final thought as well. Uh, um, Knights of the Old Republic is being developed at Lucasfilm or either big screen or Disney. Plus. Um, and if it is big screen, uh, we touched on it briefly before, um, but it could be the trilogy done by Benioff and Weiss that have been mm. talked about as well. But yeah, that's right. Confirmation is it is coming, um, coming to the screen, just don't know which screen yet. And on that note, there's only one thing left to be said.
1: Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter.
2: Jax, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm alright. Right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!
4: Moss Isley Spaceport. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy.